Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, go ahead and roll for perception. I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language. And with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. And I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from Masterful Mages to Mighty Manticores. And today, we're talking about Mind Flayers. All right, Brian. What's up? What's going on, man? Uh, back back to it. Back at it again. <laughs> What's a mind flare? So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about them. I'm going to tell you all about what a mind flare is. because they're them. Yeah, they're one of the weirder weirder things in D&D. They're also known as uh, illithids. So okay. they kind of have two names. I think the proper name is is they're known as the illithids. That's like their race name, but uh, they're also known as mind flares because what they do to minds. Okay, so that they... Pr- that's like a nickname they picked up. They prefer to be called illithids. I guess so. Do I, they, I don't think they care. They don't right. give a shit. Are, they're not creatures of preference like that? No, definitely not. Okay. So Mind Flayers are actually a D&D original um, made by Gary Gygax himself. Oh, cool. Uh, he said he was inspired by um, uh, this particular... Can't, God, you would think I would have written down the name of the book, but it was a book uh, that was inspired by Lovecraft's work. And uh, it they basically look Lovecraftian. They look Lovecraftian, and and the the book cover was basically like a bunch of tentacles coming out of the yeah. ground. Yeah, so, tentacles. Yeah, yeah. So he was inspired by that, and he he came up with this concept of the illithids. So illithids or mind flayers are essentially humanoids with an octopus-like head. They have four tentacles that kind of hang from from their face. Is it always four? Is that specific? It's, it is specific. Oh wow! Okay. Um, because there are other variations that don't have four, which we'll get into. Mutants? Um, not mutants, but we'll get into it. Okay. Um, and underneath their their four tentacles, they have their mouth is like the, in the shape of a, like a lamprey's mouth. You know what a lamprey is? Mm-hmm. They're kind of like these weird eel creatures that live in the ocean. Oh, and they have they like have these like weird thin mouths. No, they got like these circular sucker mouths with like teeth. Oh, they're, they're, they're like okay. They're basically, if a, yeah, they're circular. So if a lamprey got on you and like took a 
took a chunk out of you, it'd be a perfect circle. Isn't that how leech mouths are? They're kind of like leeches okay. a little bit, yeah. Got it. Um, so, they, yeah, they have a lamprey-type mouth. They have four-fingered hands that end in claws. They have web feet, and their eyes are, like, pure white. No mm. pupil or, or like iris milky. or any of that stuff. Just milky white. Yeah, exactly. So are they, like, blind? No, they're not blind at all. It's just that's just the color of So they eyes. must have dark vision. Uh, oh, most definitely. Most <laughs> definitely. <laughs> As a matter of fact, they live in the Underdark. So there oh, you go. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, so, I, I did. I do have, like, I listened to a Critical Role episode. I, like, jumped in at some random part of their, their game mm-hmm. where they're fighting Mind Flayers. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. and they, they had, like, enslaved an, an encampment of people or something of that degree. Mm-hmm. And it was all, you know, psychic-based stuff. Yeah, so, psionics and slavery are the two things that kind of define the mind flayers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they're it's noted... Like a lot of slavery in the Underdark. Uh, most definitely. Uh, they're, again, they are most noted for their powerful latent psionic abilities and their dietary need for sentient brains. This is what oh. they eat. <laughs> they feed off the hormones and the flesh of the brain, but also they feed off the psionic energy of the brain itself. Right, so you has to be a living creature. It has to be sentient. Otherwise, it doesn't sustain them. Like intelligence above an eight? Yeah, absolutely. Well, (laughs) intelligence above a six minimum, probably. So, like, you have to be smarter than rocks? You have to be smarter than rocks, for sure. Okay, cool. To stay healthy, in fact, a mind flayer must eat one humanoid brain a month. Oh, man. Yeah. And you know uh, you know if a mind flayer is healthy because their skin, skin secretes like this mucousy kind of membrane. And if they're not secreting that, it means they haven't eaten in a while. Oh, it's like when dogs get sick and their nose gets dry. Yeah, very much Gross. so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the psionic abilities that mind flayers have include telepathy, which typically can cross uh, the border regardless of language. So they can talk oh, to anyone. So there's a, um, what's that thing from... Um Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh uh, yeah, the uh, the Babblefish. The Babblefish. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. They basically, yeah, they they are the Babblefish. They're fish. the auto battle Babblefish. Indeed, uh, they are capable of mind reading. They have the ability to create thralls. Uh, they can levitate. They have the ability to cross between the ethereal plane and stuff at will. Um, oh wow! Okay. And oh, but, like blink, like how how people blink. Yeah, kind of like blink. And they also have a signature ability called their mind blast, which is a <laughs> <laughs> which is a cone of psychic energy that stuns and does some damage to the target. Now, hunting groups that go out to hunt for brains will typically they, that's what they use the mind blast for. Is they'll mind blast their prey and then drag their prey off. And then when they when they eat the brains, they they wrap their tentacles around the skull and the lamprey mouth cracks the skull open and they suck the brain out. Ooh. Yeah. So. Very fun stuff. Like a can of Pringles. Indeed. So uh, when the, when they eat the brain, they they also absorb all the memories of the creature that they're eating. And they're noted to feel like this overwhelming feeling of euphoria when they feed. So Wow, this is like drawing parallels to the Trolls movie. Is what? Bergens <laughs> eat the trolls and they like absorb their happiness. Oh, like yeah. God, I saw the movie once on Netflix. It's solid. It was okay. <laughs> I, so, I enjoyed it. But this is nasty. Yeah, this but is, this is gross. This is, a much this is like thing. some alien bullshit. This is like scary. <laughs> all right. So, um, on top of all this, they are noted to have genius level intelligence. Um, Illithids in general are egomaniacal egomani- and tyrannical. Uh, they have dreams of returning. Uh, to power they used to have a multi-world spanning empire and that's oh, what they want to wow. get back to we're going to get into the story of the illithids yeah, later on they're the like episode. planar multi-planar yeah they, they they can be multi-planar you they could also just be relegated to the underdark it depends on what you want to do with them are they gendered like male and female um all 
all mind flayers are natural hermaphrodites. Okay. And well, they're asexual though. Is essentially what they are. Okay. Yeah. So we'll we'll get into the life cycle of the illithid because it's very complex. Oh, okay. Uh, Got uh, it. And so yeah, we'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they're so they're they're tyrannical. They're egomaniacal. They're cunning. They're cruel. They're also paranoid. Not like quite as much as a beholder. They kind of have reasons for their paranoia, but like they're. Wow, legitimate paranoia, like legitimate paranoia. Oh, okay, yeah. so they're like they're extremely <laughs> that's a prudent. Big, healthy change. I they're think. they're very careful. They're very logical. They're very pragmatic. Um, they're also completely and utterly non-empathetic. Um, I don't oh. know if it's that they just don't feel feelings the way other humanoids do, but they certainly don't act as if they do. Yeah, humans are like um, like devils. Like the human brain sucking mm-hmm. is like devil's lettuce for them. They're just they're getting high. Oh God, yeah, I guess. <laughs> okay, uh, you could kind of compare it to the UNT because the UNT just don't feel emotion. Right, they're cold. They're cold. They're calculating. But, so these guys are similar, but like that's what's striking to me is that they're absorbing your memories and they're going mm-hmm. through things that should inv- invoke emotions in those situations. Mm-hmm. So that's where the the line is drawn. Is like don't feel those emotions. They just like mm, yummy, tasty, yummy, tasty last weeks. Yeah, for the most part. Although the type of uh, cuisine they do choose to eat will affect their culture to a certain extent because those memories oh, so will permeate so like, onto them a little bit so like all mind flayers are generally like their cultures are generally the same but there'll be like real minute differences for example if there's a mind flayer colony that feeds exclusively on elven brains they might just be a little bit more refined in like the way they dress and the in like their <laughs> elegance and their manners because that's just, it just kind of imprints on them uh, from all the memories of the stuff that they've eaten. So what you're saying is though that particular brand of Mind Flayer is better <laughs> or at least thinks they're better than all the other Mind Flayers? <laughs> sure, sure. I don't think it goes that deep, but like uh, it, as a counterexample, like uh, let's say a Mind Flayer colony eats exclusively on ogre brains. Those Mind Flayers might not be so like sharp. keen. No, not sharp. They'll be just as smart, but okay. they're not... They might not uh, care as much about like cleaning up after themselves or like wearing clothes at all. You know, so they're what I mean? just going to adopt like, some of the more like naturalistic traits of exactly, that particular exactly. humanoid. It's really passive. Okay, so if they eat exclusively humans, they get a plus one to all their stats. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like I said, they do live in colonies and they do live in the Underdark. Um, these colonies range in size from a couple hundred to a couple thousand. Okay. It all depends. Mindflayer colonies operate as a single hive mind and they're controlled by one entity called the Elder Brain. The Elder Brain is... This is like the Zerg in uh, StarCraft. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities there, for sure. Or These like, predate the Zerg by a long time. What do they call in shot. Halo with the Grave Mind? Um, the Flood. The Flood, yes. Yeah, yes. I love the Flood. They're mm-hmm. scary. Mm-hmm. Like, when the Flood happens in Halo, I'm scared. Mm-hmm. So I should be scared of, of Mind Flayers. Yeah, you should Wait, be. are there a lot of them? Do they come out in mm-hmm. boards like that? Mm-hmm. I picture them as like hunter-gatherers almost. Kind of. They're kind of like hunter-gatherers. Like I said, these colonies only number between a couple hundred and a couple thousand. Okay. And they're scattered. So you probably send out like 10 at a time, five at a time? Yeah, maybe. Somewhere in maybe. there. They're, they're powerful. Instead though, of like scary. bow and arrow, they have their brain blast. Exactly. Which is now, like a copyright infringement. I don't know who's at fault, Jimmy Neutron or Mind Flayers. I don't Gary know. Gygax. I don't know. <laughs> so an elder brain is essentially an enormous brain that is held in a tank of briny brain fluid. Holy shit. Okay. And, it's, and it is made up of all of the brains of the dead mind flayers from the colony. What? Yes. It is oh, the man. heart of the colony. It serves as the tyrannical ruler and the communication center of a network relaying information instantly between all illithids of a colony. If one illithid sees you, the whole colony sees you. Oh, no. They are essentially of one mind. 
um, and the the elder brain can issue commands in mass. That's awesome. Yeah, that's like ants. <laughs> yeah, sure. It is kind of like ants. I mean, kind of. I mean, no, it's not like ants. Are ants psychic? If you see one ant, if you see if one ant sees you, the whole colony doesn't see you. Well, like eventually they know about you. I feel like maybe. They, yeah, sure. Don't ants like secrete trails and stuff? They do. Like, they do that. It's like, but the queen doesn't like control the all the version. ants simultaneously. Well, mm, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, where was I? Um. So, okay, so it, yeah, relays information instantly. Um, it stores all the collected knowledge of the colony. Um, and That's my, rad. Yeah, it's, it's, I think this is a pretty cool It's concept. cloud storage. It's just, it's Basically. Just, it's just Google It is cloud. the Google Drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my players that are part of the colony um, have extremely limited free will and personality. As a matter of fact, you could argue that they just don't have it. The older brain controls everything. Right. Um, okay. Now, this is, for the most part, done willingly because the mind flayers recognize that this societal structure uh, lends itself to the ultimate survival of the illithid race, which is a huge priority for them. Okay. It's all about survival for them because they were brought near uh, to the edge of extinction. Okay. And like now they're basically barely existing. So have they always been in the underdark then? No. Or were they, no, okay, not they were at all. surface dwellers before? Mm. They were spacefarers, and we're going to get into it. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. if you're extra planar, that doesn't specify, <clears throat> like, you're not just in this other plane in their version of the Underdark or whatever, right? Like, they could be all over the place? Yeah, they can Basically, be anywhere. Basically, they're not like, aren't some things predisposed to only survive in the Underdark? And yes. And other things can wander freely? And they're freely? not. No, okay. they're, they're not native to the Underdark. Right, And they okay. aren't, like, biologically predisposed to, to live there. Got it. Or anything like that. Now, the Elder Brain's control only extends for a five-mile radius, which limits the size of these uh, Mind Flayer colonies can get. So all Mind Flayers that end up being sent outside of this influence are completely on their own. And th this is only done for missions that are considered to be highly profitable if successful. Like, you're going to get a lot of brains. Oh, so it's not like you, like, you go outside of the, the barrier and you obtain, like, some version of free will. You are still, like, you still have instructions and, like, your mental yeah. capacity is to do, like, the 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 bidding of the brood, I Right, guess. right. But from the moment uh, Mind Flayer leaves the Elder Brain's control zone, mm -hmm. um, the Mind Flayer will slowly get its autonomy back. Okay, okay, so it's not like instantly, like, like you leave the barrier and you're like, freedom. I've never stopped to smell these flowers. <laughs> exactly. Before. No, it's not like what that at life? all. What is life? <laughs> Who am I? Um, so no, no, it's it's nothing like that. Uh, and again, remember that this is still. It's kind of like this voluntary control that they've given up. And so okay, sure. even when they become autonomous again, they willingly will go back for the most part. Now. Um, Mind flayers that, that regain autonomy can become what are called renegade illithids and kind of go off on their own. That's uh, but that's very dangerous. That's for my them. favorite band, Renegade Illithid. Renegade Illithid. <laughs> I like that's yeah. a good band. Name. That'd be really <laughs> fucking dope. Um, so yeah, the colonies sustain themselves from taking from the taking of slaves from the various underdark races, both for food and for labor. You know, they see they see other humanoids like as meat, just sure, like the yeah, UNT, totally. like your food. You're not. We are superior to you. Yeah, like we're hunters. Yeah. They're hunters. Yeah. And all mind flayers within a colony are assigned a specific purpose to pursue in service of the colony. It can be anything from 
studying other races to develop like studying other races to to learn how better to control them right okay uh, and better to fight them in the future wars that they're planning and other things like developing new psionic abilities again for for the war so they've got like basically two subsections of like the r&d department that are like trying to trying to heighten the quality of life exactly and okay. you know and then there'll be like those dedicated to finding food and those managing the thralls and all that other stuff so. <laughs> with that being said so they're like their slaves or what the oh, managing the thralls well yeah the thralls are their are, are their slaves and just you have to manage them though you know what i mean oh, maintain like control over them and the enthralled like the those who are yes, thralled. those who are thralled okay the thralls. are we gonna get into that we will get into that okay cool. first let's take a short rest let's do it <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode where we're not talking about that psycho bullshit that we were just spitting. Here's some <laughs> new stuff. Um, the new stuff is, it's actually not that new, it's just love for listeners. If you can hear the sound of my voice, thank you so much for listening to the show. We really appreciate you. Right, Will? Indeed, we do. Thank Damn you guys straight. so much. Damn Skippy. Love you guys. Okay. We got some special thank yous to shout out. Some extra special ones. Um, just in case we haven't shouted this one out again, uh, thank you for upgrading your pledge, McKangus. Thanks, McKangus. He's even more Kangas now. Indeed. Welcome to the colony, McKangus. <laughs> and um, I'm going to save the one I should say next for last, and I think okay. you know why. You do, you. Um, so thank you, uh, Anon Anon. Oh, wait, Anon Anon? Anon-anon. I like Anon-anon. Anon-anon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do-do-do-do-do. Um, thank you, Casey. Thank you, Casey. And uh, thank you, Sodden. Thank you, Sodden. And thank you, Wayne Stubblefield. Thank you, Wayne Stubblefield. And thank you now, official patron, Demogorgon. 
We are honored, sir. Shout out to Demogorgon. We are honored, this sir. This is not a joke. Demogorgon is pledged to us on Patreon. Indeed. Indeed he has. It's what it says. It says Demogorgon, and there's a picture of Demogorgon. Yeah, I know. I see it. Trust I me when yeah. I say that I know Demogorgon yeah. when now I see you, Demogorgon yeah, yeah. or feel Demogorgon or hear Demogorgon in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. What? What? Uh, do we have some people to announce? We do. That we, are also special in a different way? Yes, special okay. in a different way. We have some winners from our contest that we ran where we gave away uh, an Elven Dice Set and a Dwarven Dice Set. Oh, yeah. I'm looking so, at them right now. Congratulations to Basil Leave and congratulations to J Spectre Comedy for uh, for winning the contest. Oh, it looks like Basil Leave won the, uh, the Elven Dice Set mm-hmm. and J Spectre won the Dwarven Dice Set. So Indeed. good job, guys. Way Indeed. to go. Thank you so much for talking about the show and sharing that link. And for everybody who participated in the contest, Indeed. we really thank you. This is not by any means going to be our last contest, so no. keep an eye out for the next one. Yeah, we have they another pretty, one coming up. Yeah, they pretty much all have the same parameters, which is talking about the show mm-hmm. on the internet to Indeed. all of the people that will see the stuff you talk about on the internet. Exactly. Um, but <laughs> if you really want to help us out, you could do that on the internet or you could do it in real life. If you're like in a public place, just start talking about the dungeon cast of strangers. The dungeon cast. You must watch this dungeon cast <laughs> or listen or whatever. Um, you can find us on soundcloud.com slash the dungeon cast. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on um, Gmail, the dungeon cast at gmail.com, Twitter at the dungeon cast. Anywhere you can really find a podcast, you can find us. We'll be there. We're like creatures of the podcast realm at this point. Indeed. Um, so thank you, thank you everybody for participating. Thank you all the Patreon people, and thank you for listening to the episode. I think that covered all our bases. I think so. Let's get back, back to the show. To the show. Okay, Brian. Are we back? We're back. Shit, yeah. We're back, and uh, it's story time again. Before that, I just want to say before I forget. Okay. Part of the ship, part of the crew. Okay. Let's continue. Oh, I guess that does kind of fit for the for the mind. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They okay. all got Davy Jones. Indeed. And they're <laughs> all they all are Davy Jones. And they're all part of the ship, part of the crew. Okay, so let's talk about Illithid Origins. Sure. Um I'm gonna try and get through this in a clear and concise way. Um so that's where the these, plan, man, man. <laughs> that's the plan, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. So where these guys come from is a bit conflicting, uh, which you know, that's not unusual at this point in the show. The lore, the lore kind of switches depending on your edition and setting, but um, a big part of it is also that the the origins of the Illithids is supposed to be mysterious and unknown to a okay. certain degree. So in 2E, they were said to have come from the Far Realm, which is an incomprehensible plane that's like utterly alien to the material world. Yeah, you could call it the Lovecraftian realm. It, yeah, want. pretty much. I, that's, that's what I would uh, would attest it to. Uh, and in 3E, they end up being depicted as a starfaring people from the far future. As a matter of fact, they're from the end of time. And they traveled back in time to uh, basically not die at the end of the universe. <laughs> like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, and uh, Spelljammer has them actually, uh, Spelljammer's its own setting. Spelljammer right. has them originate as they're basically mutants of humankind on a very specific planet. Yeah, they got hit with gamma rays. I guess so. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yep. <laughs> Regardless of their origin, origin, what is known for sure is that they showed up a long time ago, before most of the civilizations existed, and immediately began building their empire by enslaving all sentient races they came across. Now, at the height of their empire, uh, their empire basically spanned countless worlds, and it was the largest multiverse had ever seen. Wow. Okay. They were they were traveling between planes and multiverses and all kinds of other stuff on like their spaceships. They were stuff. just virusing all over the place. Basically. Right. <clears throat> um... Their capital was a disc world that was built around a star star called um, 
Penumbra? Penumbra? Might be Penumbra. P-E-N-U-M-B-A. Penumbra. 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 I heard no R. Like when you spelled it, so. Yeah, so. Cool. There it is. Okay. That's it might be Penumbra, and I wrote it down wrong, but I don't. I don't remember. This empire <laughs> ruled for a thousand years, though. And Hell yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, a very long time. Sometime, sometime near the end of their empire's reign, though, the Illithids made contact with a species of insectoids that they ended up naming the Vor. They're essentially the bugs from Starship Troopers. I don't. Re- I haven't seen that. Okay, they're kind of like the Zerg, I guess you could say. Okay, sure. It's it's all that f- that's yeah, fitting. Sure. Uh, but the the main thing about these bugs was that they're immune to psionics, and they propagated across planets via spores. Oh, so they kind of could traverse. They're like the unsophisticated version of the Mind Flayer. I guess so. They're almost identical to the bugs from Starship Troopers. Okay. Like this is exactly what the Starship Trooper bugs are like. Man, I'm sorry about the the missing this reference. No, it's then. all it's all good. That's a good movie. You should see it. Okay. Um, a com- the basically, is it a comedy? huh? It is. Is it a comedy? Yes. <laughs> but it is sci-fi. Also sci-fi. Comedy? It, it's, it's comedy drama. It's a complicated question, Brian. Is okay. Starship Troopers? A I comedy? will watch Star Trip. Yes Starship and no. Troopers. Yes and no. Okay. There's a there's a lot of political commentary and stuff that you lose with the movie. That's more in the book, but it's still there. Oh, and it's like, like that. It's kind of like a, it's a, it's an anti-fascist story, but it kind of like glorifies fascism in this weird way. But that's that's a conversation for a different. Yeah, day. I will watch Starship Troopers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very very good very good movie. Um, where was I? Oh yeah. So they meet the war. A conflict begins, and the Illithid armies can't stop the vor they're just too mighty so in desperation yeah, they can't mind blast them or they whatever. can't mind blast them yeah it's like their thing. And so they're sending their thrall armies at them but it's still not enough so okay. in desperation the illithids seek to create a super psionic warriors out of their slaves okay sure so <laughs> they basically genetically engineer these people out of humanity called the Gith. We've talked about the Gith a little bit this is how the Gith are created the mind oh, players shit. create the Gith not the hippo <clears throat> people no, not the GIF. The GIF. Okay, the GIF. that's going to forever confuse yeah. me. Well, we'll just call them the GIF Yankee. Okay, sure. So they create the GIF Yankee, although there's also the GIF Zerai. Um, and basically these new thralls that are super powered and super psionically capable counter the Vor. And after a long and devastating war, um, the Vor eventually driven to extinction. So This is like, um, this is like the storyline of Halo. Like the hum- humanity's being pushed back and they make Master Chief. Yeah, they create the Spartans. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess there are definitely parallels there for sure. Um, so after peace is restored to the Empire, the Illithids have a new problem now. Uh, the war plus the genetic engineering basically turned the Gith into battle-hardened warriors with, an inc- with increasingly powerful psionic abilities and a resilience to psionic control. Damn, um, super strong. Yeah. Eventually, this leads to mass revolts. Oh. And again, the Gith are very powerful. So uh, outnumbered and overpowered, the Illithid Empire is shattered. And it, They're like, God damn it, dumps that strength. It's not a good idea. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, and as a matter of fact, if it wasn't for the fact that the Gith actually broke out into civil war amongst themselves, the Illithids would have been completely wiped out. But luckily, luckily for them, that that's what happened. There was a civil war, and amidst the chaos, the very few surviving Illithids fled to the far-flung worlds of their empire and hid in secret in the deep places of these worlds. So the underdark. oh wow, so they they went to the underdark mm-hmm. as like a refuge, like exactly. last resort. Exactly. Wow. To this day, though, Illithids must fear the attention of the Gith because Gith are constantly on the hunt for more Illithids. Oh man. Yeah. So all all colonies also like even though they're like 
domineering and tyrannical and this powerful force in the Underdark, they have a very fugitive mindset and they're always on the run. I wonder if this is just an allegory for the human condition. We create our own worst enemy and we are our own destruction. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, most stories are a commentary on the human condition. So there it is. There it is. <laughs> okay. You heard it here. Indeed. All right. So that's the, that's the story of their rise and fall as an empire and their, their origins as a people. Okay. And how they kind of got to the Underdark. I prefer the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide version where they it's go to the end cool. of the universe and yeah. they're like, dump all the money into time travel now. Yeah, now. Those yeah. stars are colliding it everywhere. Is, it is pretty we gotta cool. We got to get out. It is pretty cool i do like that it's it's unique to a certain degree so let's talk about the life cycle okay of the illithid so all mind flayers uh reproduce asexually they lay eggs in a clutch from which these chitinous tadpole monstrosities are born they're they're about the size of your hand oh, they're really they're, that's they're too big yeah they're really gross Ugh. looking uh these tadpoles are actually kept in the brine tank with the elder brain Oh shit! And so they just got a bunch of little little things swimming in there. Yeah, with a whole it all the bunch of them because the elder brain actually cannibalizes these tadpoles and feeds exclusively on them. Oh no! This shit's about to get really weird for the rest of this episode. We gotta so dump more babies in the to, tank. Indeed. Oh no! The tadpoles that do survive to maturity are then put through a ceremony called ceramorphosis. Ceramorphosis. There it is. Uh, a tadpole is essentially placed onto the body of a restrained humanoid victim. The tadpole then burrows through the eye of uh, its victim and devours its brain. Uh, and then takes the brain's place and merges with the body. Oh. The body that emerges from a transformation into a mind flayer. That's horrible. Yeah, that's how a mind flayer is born. Shit. The thing, the thing about ceramorphosis is mind flayers aren't the only thing that can come out of it. And we're going to get into it right now. So, uh, very rarely there is a being known as an ulatharid. That can be born from this process. Essentially, an Ulatharid is a bigger, stronger mind flare with six face tentacles instead of four. And these tentacles are like extra long. They like go down to its knees. Man, power creep. Power creep indeed. Ulatharids <laughs> uh, are immune to the Elder Brain's influence. Whoa. Mm -hmm. When an Ulatharid is born, the colony actually changes its structure. So what? basically, um, it goes into overdrive. And it will double in size at an accelerated rate. Whoa. Once the colony reaches twice the size of whatever it was when the Ulatharid was born, the Ulatharid takes control of half of the colony and ventures off to start a new colony elsewhere. And transform. Well, that's kind of cool. And, and then it gets in a jar and it turns into a big brain. Exactly. It transforms no itself into an oh, elder brain. Yeah. So there it is. So that's how... Okay, so it's just like you're, hit, you're playing the gene lottery... And then, mm -hmm. like, oh, you were the lucky tadpoles, burrow. Yep. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, you were the luckiest tadpole. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. became a new brain. Indeed. Good job. So the um, relationship between the elder brain and the Ulatharid is not a friendly one. They don't really like each other. Yeah. They're the like, elder brain to... doesn't like that the Ulatharid won't listen to it. <laughs> sure. And it basically, they see each other as rivals, but they also realize that, like, they have to go through with this process. Otherwise, how will the mind flayers ever rise to power again? Growing pains. Indeed. So... Change is uncomfortable. So other things can go wrong with ceramorphosis. Um, if an illicit colony is destroyed, but the tadpoles in the... Well, actually, this isn't ceramorphosis, excuse me. But if an illicit colony is destroyed and the tadpoles in the tank are not necessarily killed, they will begin to cannibalize each other. Mm. And the survivor becomes... Well, basically, it transforms over a long period of time into this enormous worm monster called a neolithid, with it has like the splayed tentacle head, and it can uh, basically grow into the size of like a purple worm. Oh no! And it's this giant monstrosity. It's terrifying looking. Does it look like uh like it splays out like a flower kind of? Yep. 
and then it has like these like uh, harpoon things that it can like shoot out, like these uh, tentacles with like sharp edges. Kind of not exactly. I mean, they're tentacles. It, okay, it flays out kind of like a flower, and then they just have all like this. Uh, teeth and this lamprey type mouth okay it's just fucking enormous so sorry to plug but we started a a project called dd5 where we we Mm -hmm. try to do a topic in five minutes Mm -hmm. and uh i put together the slides on that Mm -hmm. and one of the photos for one of the slides oh yeah i I included i included a neolithid it is that okay that's what i was thinking because that's what i was thinking of right now yeah that's exactly that so i have a vision of it (laughs) yeah that's what it looks like okay that's what it is cool (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious okay so uh other things that can happen with seromorphosis so Ceramorphous can be uh, performed on other creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not usually, and when it is, it's usually one creature, particularly a beholder. If they can capture a beholder, fuck, they will perform ceramorphosis on it, and it will transform the beholder into a creature called a mind witness. Holy shit. Yeah. Now, this turns the eye stalks on the um, beholder into tentacles. The snakes. Yeah, and it gives the center <laughs> eye this, like, milky kind of cataract overlook oh man <clears throat> and the mind witness loses much of its intelligence from its past form and it causes um it to have a complete blind devotion to the colony that is fucking wild yeah now the the purpose that the mind witness serves is actually its presence boosts the psionic capabilities of the entire colony so it's like so there's a lot of um like the psionic node boosters. I'm kind of noticing parallels in other stories involving psychics where there's like some kind of facilitation going on to like power boost everybody yeah. around them all the time. People underestimate how much Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons uh, influences all the fiction they've ever ever ingested. That's cool. Like D and D, it was there for not first, but it was there before a lot of the stuff that we consider like. Uh, like the modern revelations, the modern of, pop revelations of pop culture. There we go. That's a good let's way to put that. it. Yeah, yeah, indeed. That, that might not be accurate at all, but let's call it that for now. Indeed. <laughs> so, yeah, any any questions before we move forward? There's not much left to talk about, so I figure question. So, good question time. Okay, so you could get pretty strong if you've got the original the original brain in the tank. Sorry, I, I haven't ingested all of the, all of the, the literature, the vocabulary yet for this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you have the, the thing in, in the tank. The elder brain. brain. The elder brain. Mm-hmm. And then what's the thing that becomes the elder brain later? Ulatherid. The Ulatherid. And you can have this uh, mind slave beholder. A mind the, witness. A yeah. mind witness. So you could have potentially one or more mind witnesses mm-hmm. and the Ulatherid. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be like one, some, one of the most powerful hives like around. Oh yeah, for sure. Before the Ulatherid splits off, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely a force to be reckoned with for Man, sure. That's terrifying. Shit. And they could probably march on like another beholder nearby. Uh, yeah, sure. Man, what if they just had to. I'm just thinking, like, how do you get how do you get better? Just <laughs> just pile on the mind mind witnesses. Yeah, just <laughs> now. Like, now it should be said. We talked about the Neolithid for a minute there, but it should be said that the mind flayers actually consider the Neolithid an abomination. Oh yeah, and they okay. will actively hunt and kill Neolithids. Oh, down. okay. Because they're just good. these mindless monstrosities anyways. That takes care of itself. They're, they're already kind of like this eugenics type society where they consider themselves superior. So this like um, departure from their genetics is like an abomination. To them. I got it. That's kind of yeah. how they are. So another fun fact about Illithids is they consider arcane magic to be an abomination. Oh. And basically the twi- <laughs> like nah, psychic magic only. Yeah, basically they consider it the twisted cousin of psionic magic. Oh, and their shit. goal one of their goals is to eradicate its use. Um if I'm gonna be honest, it, it comes down to the fact they're just sore losers because the Gith 
are uh, not only are they potent psionic users, but they used arcane magic to help uh, facilitate the end of the Illithid Empire. Okay. And because they lost to these arcane magic users, they're just sore losers. About I got it. you. So they're like, fuck arcane magic. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that being black. said, some renegade Illithids will pursue magic to protect their minds against the psionic control of the Elder Brain. Um, usually when they do this, they, they eventually, because of their self, um, because of their ego and... Uh, they don't. They don't want to die. That usually renegade illithids that turn to magic will eventually turn to lichdom. Oh wow! Yeah, and you'll get like a, a lich illithid, which is <laughs> I like that. That's actually a good name. But they're, <laughs> they're called al al hounds, al hounds. They're called al hounds. Al hounds. Yeah, which is a stupid name. Okay. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> what did you call? What'd you call them? Uh, lichithids. Lich, yeah, we're calling them lichithids here on the Dungeon Cast <laughs> for sure. So yeah, that's basically that's your rundown of, of what mind flayers are, what they do. Um, you got any questions? I bet they sound like, yeah, probably. Now they can they can actually speak with their mouths, but because their mouths are shaped like lampreys, it's very difficult for them. So they almost speak exclusively telepathically. Yeah, it hurts to get that oval shape out of it. Indeed, indeed, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm not trying to. Yeah, I, can't, I can't imagine what it's like to get a t sound. They just yell for help, like. Yeah, I think what they do is I think it said they they take one of their tentacles and they stuff it in their mouth and use it like as a yeah to enunciate. As a tongue, that's gross. It is gross. Those are gross. That's gross. Let's call it a game. Let's call it a game. The Dungeon Cast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. 